When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. Back in 2019, there was a really interesting study from the Institute for Family Studies. You'll recall I had Brad Wilcox from the Institute on the show a few weeks back. They do really interesting work, and they joined up with the Wheatley Institution for a study called The Ties That Bind, Is Faith a Global Force for Good or Ill in the Family? And this study found that conservative religious couples are by far the happiest. And you might say, oh, well, of course, you know, a study, an institute for family studies, they're going to support, you know, conservative religious couples and they're going to bend the facts to say that they are the happiest. But actually, the second place happiest were secular progressive couples. I didn't find that news particularly surprising, but certain quarters like the New York Times were pretty shocked that those terrible religious people could also have happy marriages. And I think a lot of people on the right were surprised to find that the progressives were in second place to the happy marriage um, grouping. Tons of online comments uh, alleged at the time that religious women have no agency and so must have been forced to amplify their happiness for the researchers. And then other people said, oh, the progressives are just lying about their happiness, etc. But taking those numbers at face value, I thought it made a lot of sense. And then there was the issue of sex. The report found that those same religious conservatives have far higher satisfaction in their sex lives than either secular or less religious couples. Commonly held wisdom is that the freewheeling secular people are having the best sex, but actually religious conservative women reported the highest level of sexual satisfaction, and it wasn't even close. The researchers highlighted data that, quote, two-thirds of married mothers would prefer not to work full-time, a fact often overlooked in our public conversation about work and family, which is heavily influenced by progressive assumptions, end quote. What women are supposed to want and what they actually want seem to be at odds with each other. 
In the religious world, there is much less of this feminist supposed to want. The traditional setup of the relationship with the man as the breadwinner allows for women to be honest when they would prefer to stay home with the children. No one is there to tell them that they are betraying feminism or not behaving the way women are supposed to behave. But secular guilt over making these traditional choices just isn't at play for them. And it makes sense that being allowed to make these choices for yourself and not having pushback on those choices would lead to happier marriages. Their sex lives are better because they're getting what they want from relationships the rest of the time. There was a, you know, there's several of these kinds of studies that showed that couples had more sex when the man in the relationship helped out with the dishes. And I think it's less about the specific task of washing dirty dishes and more about general relationship satisfaction, whether that means the husband helps clean up or the wife is free to not have a full-time job. So for the same reasons, it made sense to me that the second happiest group in the study were the secular progressive women. A progressive woman gets into her marriage with a certain expectation for her role and also for that of her husband. The conservative couple might divide their household chores along traditional gender lines. The man takes out the garbage, the woman clears the table. But the progressive couple will also preemptively have decided who does what in their household. I think that this leads to higher satisfaction despite the many outward differences between the two groups. So there's a new Gallup study out just very recently, I think, you know, a week or so ago, that has very similar results, but when it comes to parenting. Very conservative parents have the best relationships with their children, according to this study, and very liberal parents are in second place. The worst relationship quality is among self-identified liberals, just liberals not very liberal, then moderates, then conservatives. I think this follows the same reasons as the marriage studies. Very conservative or very liberal parents lay out their expectations for their children. We live in this, there are no mistakes, everything is as good as everything else world. And I don't think that's true. I think telling your kids what your values are is really important and setting expectations for your children about their role, about your role, about how they move through the world goes a long way toward helping them but also a long way toward having a great relationship with them yourself. So tell your kids what you really think. Don't muddle through it and give them, you know, the middle ground. Tell them what you really believe and that will lead to a better relationship between you. Coming up next, an interview with Gad Sad. Join us after the break. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. My guest today is Dr. Gad Sad. Gad is a professor, evolutionary behavioral scientist, best-selling author, and host of the popular podcast, The Sad Truth with Dr. Sad. His latest book is The Sad Truth About Happiness, Eight Secrets for Leading the Good Life. I have it right here. So nice to have you on, Gad. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you, and congratulations on the launch of your new show. Thank you. So the show is largely about how to have a happy life, and you have a new book that's about the eight secrets to happiness. What made you write this book? Did you just want to get on my show? That's exactly right. Uh, But in addition to that, uh, so I would receive two types of feedback from people in my public engagements. So one was, hey, what's your secret to being always so playful and fun, and you always use humor, even when you're dealing with uh, difficult topics? What's your secret to happiness? And so I would receive thousands of such emails from people. And secondly, I noticed that whenever I would post something, let's say on Twitter, that was prescriptive, meaning that I'm offering some advice, which oftentimes to me seemed like rather obvious, banal stuff, you know, you know, assume personal agency, assume personal responsibility, get off the proverbial couch. People would write to me saying, my God, that was so helpful to me. It really moved me and so on. And so that kind of made me think, well, if people seem to trust my words, uh, they want to know about what leads me to be happy. Maybe I could have the audacity to write such a book, which of course was a bit daunting at first because probably of all topics that philosophers have covered through the millennia, none has been as frequent as to study, you know, what is the good life? How do you live a happy life? And so what I try to do in the book is take my personal experiences backed up by ancient wisdoms and contemporary science. Hopefully you've got a good book. So I'm a happy person. You're a happy person, but times are clearly tough right now, especially for us Jews. How do you maintain cheerfulness when everything is pretty terrible? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I, it's not easy because, as you, as you may have noticed, uh, when you some people who follow me on social media, I've put up a few tweets that were uh, atypical of my usual optimistic self. In one of the tweets a couple of weeks ago, you know, really went viral because I was saying, "Look, I'm I'm always looking to see some optimistic angle, you know, some hopeful angle, and yet I, I feel as though I'm drowning in, in the darkness because." I mean, the main reason is because I feel that the West is really not open to implementing some of the strategies that need to be implemented in order for us to come out of this darkness. But 
I still believe that truth and freedom will prevail. And so in an existential sense, even when it looks very dark, and we, you know, we have a long history of persecution, we've always ultimately prevailed. So I still can find ways to be happy, even in such a difficult period. What are some things that you're doing to kind of spark that happiness? I'm sure you have some tips. <laughs> Well, one is that I keep engaged in the issue, even though it takes a great personal toll on me. So the amount of you know, Jew hatred that I've received from all angles, from the progressive left, from the ultra-right, from Islamic sources, has been an utter tsunami. And yet, you know, being engaged provides you purpose and meaning, right? I could easily say, I'm turning off Twitter. I'm not getting engaged. I receive way too much hate. I've already done more than what a, one person could hope to ever do. Let me just go and hug my children. But then that would make me feel, in a sense, inauthentic because we're all called to contribute to this battle in whichever way that we can. And so one of the ways that paradoxically I am happy because I feel authentic is to continue to lend my voice to this great and important civilizational battle. But of course, I always contextualize whatever we're going through in a greater whole. You know, I did escape the Middle East. I know that some people on October 7th were not as fortunate as I was, but I it was an absolute miracle that I was able to escape and live a fruitful life. And so I can always take whatever dark period I'm going through and say, it could be worse. So the ability to always feel grateful even when you're facing difficult moments, is certainly a secret to happiness. I think about leaving Twitter a lot. I mean, just because it is such a cesspool and it's such a you know negative place, but I get the living authentically by staying in the conversation, continuing to fight the battles that need to be fought. Um, it's just, you know, it's hard to do. And I, I appreciate that you're doing it, you know, despite everything. Um, a question that I ask all of my guests is, what do you think is our largest cultural or societal problem in America? And is it solvable? But since you're Canadian, let's do the Western world. What do you consider our biggest societal issue? It's really a, a, a combination of factors that almost, I don't want to be pessimistic, render it intractable. So of course, there is all of the parasitic ideas, which I, you know, I discuss in my not my happiness book, but the book before that one, The Parasitic Mind, that have really affected our ability to think critically and with reason. And the reason why I use the parasitic metaphor is precisely because it is parasitic thinking, right? It's, it's. I give the example recently of another one of those parasitized animals. So the wood cricket usually doesn't want to jump into water. It hates water. But when it is parasitized by a hair worm, the hair worm needs the wood cricket to jump in water in order to, to complete its reproductive cycle. So the wood cricket happily and merrily commits suicide to serve the interest of the hair worm. Well, that's called Anna Epstein, the woman who had, at Boston University, a Jewish woman was pulling down the photos of Jewish babies. And so number one, parasitic thinking has infested the West. So that's one problem. Coupled with that is the fact that the open immigration policy that the West was more than happy to implement, which comes from parasitic thinking, makes it so that you have millions of people that have come into the West that don't share any of the fundamental values that define the West. That's not good. And then you don't have the willpower or testicular fortitude in the West to implement the 
corrective strategies to try to resolve these problems. So I, I often use the analogy of, you know, you go see your your physician and God forbid the physician says you've got, you know, stage four cancer. And then you say, well, there is no cancer. There's no such thing as cancer. But if there is cancer, it's probably the Jews who did it. And they're holding back the, the cure for cancer because they want to be greedy and make money. And as a matter of fact, I still believe that there is no cancer, that I'm going to smoke four packs of cigarettes and I'm going to inhale from a bag of asbestos. So that's what the West is doing. So all of these things, parasitic thinking, open immigration, unwillingness to recognize that there's a problem makes it that we are in a death spiral. Now, that doesn't mean that it's it's over. We can, st- we can still autocorrect, but the more we wait, the bloodier the autocorrection will be. What are some first steps that we need to take to correct that? Well, number one, uh, you, you can't presume that all cultures are equal. You can't so that 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 comes from an idea pathogen, a parasitic idea called cultural relativism. Who are you to judge the cultural and religious beliefs of others, right? Be tolerant. Don't be a cultural imperialist. So if they want to come into our country, well, then they can then practice whatever they want. If, you know, genocidal Jew hatred is part of their noble culture and noble faith, well, then you tolerate that, right? But of course, Karl Popper, the famous philosopher of science, talked about the paradox of tolerance, which is you can't tolerate the intolerable, that which would eradicate you when they become powerful enough to do so. So the first thing that we'd have to do is recognize, so this is a term I call it cultural homophily, meaning that homophily is to be attracted to something that's similar to you, right? So for example, in in human mating, you tend to assort with people who are, the man is taller than the woman. That's an assortative mating cue. Well, when it comes to immigration policy, you have to look for people from, it doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what their orientation is. It doesn't matter anything, but they have to fundamentally have similar foundational values. If their values are not similar to yours, well, you are betting on the future of your grandchildren and their children. So step one, have a much more vetted and judicious immigration policy. That would hopefully solve a lot of the problems that we have currently. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So on a micro level, the finding, you know, people who have similar values, your first rule to a happy life in the book is finding the right spouse. I hear from people all the time who don't know how to do that. So what's a good tip for meeting somebody like-minded with whom you can take that hour long walk in the morning, hand in hand, like you do with your wife? Oh, well, thank, I, I read the book. Clearly you've read it. That's, <laughs> that's lovely. Thank you so much. Yep. Uh, well, uh, there are two maxims in evolutionary psychology as relating to mating behavior. One is the opposites attract maxim. The other one is the birds of a feather flock together maxim, which I kind of spoke about when I talked about cultural homophily. And overwhelmingly, the research shows that for long-term unions, you increase your chances of a successful union dramatically if you assort on with someone who has similar values, belief systems, and so on. So if I am if I meet a, a beautiful woman with whom I, you know, I, I'm very attracted to physically in terms of her personality, but I happen to be very uh, religious minded and she happens to be a caustic atheist, well, statistically speaking, it's unlikely that it's going to work. Yes, love can conquer some of these obstacles, but Life is a game of, of you know, managing statistical possibilities, and I'm certainly reducing my chances if on this foundational criterion we are not assorting. And so always be mindful of the fact that what matters most is that you share in these foundational values. If I'm someone who uh, you know, very much cares about truth and freedom, she, for whatever reason my partner-to-be doesn't, well, that's going to cause tension. And so... So I talk in the book about many of these cues that we can assort. So for example, one of the things that my wife and I do well together is we're both playful, right? Uh, now, I may be more of a jokester than she is, but if she had been someone who's very sullen and always serious, probably it couldn't have worked well because she I wouldn't have been able to bounce my humor off her and vice versa. So Birds of a feather truly do flock together. So physical hotness is not enough, you're saying? <laughs> it's, it's a first well, step, Probably no? not. <laughs> it, it is a first step. So uh, I actually have a quote in the book from one of my uh, former guests on the show, Charles Murray, a, quote, controversial political scientist who, who co-authored the book, The Bell Curve, and so on. And he basically said, I'm, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but I it completely resonated with me, uh, you know, find a spouse and that person should be someone that you're sexually attracted to and who's your best friend. That basically is it, right? Sexual attraction will take you so far, but if, if there isn't a deeper thing, that wanes because, you know, we even know the neuroanatomical stages that you go through 
the, the, the butterfly and the, the pit in your stomach is not going to last 25 years into your marriage. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't still be sexually attracted to your partner, but it goes through different stages. If, if the person that I want to have sex with is also someone that I really appreciate their company, well, then I've, I've hit the lottery. When I was on your show, I said that sex is the most important part of a relationship. And I said to you that it's a controversial thing to say. I mean, and I, after I was on your show and after the clip was posted, several people were like, you're not serious. I'm unfollowing you. Like it, it, people really don't want to hear that, but it, you know, I stand by it. I think that you're right. It's your best friend who you also want to have sex with. So otherwise it really doesn't work. So you talk about minimizing future regret by living an authentic life. How do people people live more authentically. Let me just give a background to the calculus of regret. This is actually from one of my former uh, doctoral professors uh, in my PhD at, at Cornell. Uh, his name is Thomas Gilovich and he pioneered the distinction between two types of regret. Although others had talked about this so there there are even prayers that recognize those two forms of regret. Regret due to action versus regret due to inaction. Regret due to action is because I did something, I now regret having done that thing. So I, I cheated on my wife and that led to the, the my divorce. I really regret that. Regret due to inaction is, you know, I regret that I never pursued my interest in art. I became a pediatrician because my dad and his dad were pediatricians, but I, I hate medicine. I can't stand it. Now I wake up at 73 and I say, what a wasted life. And so in that sense, that's what I mean by an authentic life. I mean, authenticity could mean in a personal setting. You know, people might find you appealing, Carol, because you you seem like a real person, an authentic person. So that that certainly is relevant. But I'm talking more about an existential authenticity, living your life in a manner that is congruent with your internal interests, your internal values. If there's an incongruity there, then you're probably going to regret it later in life. And so to the best of your abilities... If you can, and that's why, by the way, the the maxim, the Delphic maxim from the ancient Greeks, know thyself, is so powerful because that's exactly what it's saying, right? Those two words are saying you're not going to live a happy life if you don't know yourself because then there's always going to be these incongruities that causes you great angst. And so, you know, uh, I often tell my students when they come and see me, well, what should I study? What should, What career I should go into? And I always give them answers that at first seem as though they're cliche-ish, but they really are not. They stand the test of time, which is you have to be able to choose a profession that makes you wake up in the morning, rub your hands in, in anticipatory glee saying, I'm so excited about the day. Don't pursue a career because there are good job opportunities. That's a perfect recipe to wake up at 55 and say, I hate being an accountant, even though I make a lot of money. So you live authentically. You have you know, a wife that you love, you're in a good relationship, you get the death threats from all the right people. Um, do you feel like you've made it? What an amazing question. So here it depends on what you use as the metric of comparison and judging whether you've made it, right? So example, if I say, if my cue is, have I made a greater impact as an academic than most academics ever will, then boy, have I made it. Okay. If I, if my metric of comparison is, have I ended up in the promised land? In my case, it's not necessarily Israel, but it's in Newport Beach, California. 
well, then I haven't made it because I'm still languishing in the frozen tundra of socialist Quebec. But I think <laughs> I'm not sure California is any any better than the you know maybe it's not frozen, but other, it's still a socialist. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's why maybe you know. Sarasota or somewhere in in Florida. Yeah, you, Florida. Right. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. And and there are some opportunities that I'm currently working on in a professional and personal grand sense, short of you know not being in the place that I'd like to be, if only because of the weather and so on, then I think I I have made it. The only thing that I would perhaps change today is, you know, I never thought that I could ever envision not being a professor. It really is in my DNA. But the further I go in my academic career, there are elements of being a professor that I don't find as enjoyable at this point. The administrative stuff, you know, telling Timmy why he received the B minus in his participation grade, even though, right, that's probably not the best use of my time. So right now, if I had my ideal situation would be for me to wake up from morning to night only be involved in the process of creating, whether I'm creating online content or lecturing or writing a book or a page. I What interests me the most in life is knowledge. And so uh, to the extent that I don't have yet complete freedom to only create, that might be the only thing where I say I haven't yet fully made it. I haven't achieved complete freedom. But overall, yes, I think I've made it. Dr. Sad, I love talking to you. I could keep this going forever, but let's end with your best tip for my listeners on how they can improve their lives. Don't get mired in myopic things. Uh, whether you love or hate Donald Trump or Joe Biden, those are important issues, but there are way more important things. Your kids grow up very fast. Make sure to enjoy every moment. Go for a walk with your spouse. Hug your dog. Be playful. So we, we often fall into the trap of, you know, triggering our ire in all sorts of ways. Life is very short. Every moment is precious. Enjoy life. It's truly magical. He is Gad Sad. His book is The Sad Truth About Happiness, Eight Secrets for Leading the Good Life. Check it out. Buy it wherever you buy your books and listen to his amazing podcast. I love having you on. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks so much for joining us on The Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io/ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.